Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Addicts recover from an abysmal first half to take a point at Fleetwood, but it's now five without a win as the march towards mid-table gathers pace. Welcome to Charlton Live. Hello and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at that 1-1 draw with Fleetwood up on the Firewood Coast. Yesterday, I've got a couple of guests to have that conversation with me as well. First of all, fresh off the coach once more, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, surprisingly fresh after 12-plus hours on a coach. So, yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And it didn't break down this time as well. So you got you got there in plenty of time to see that first half. Yeah, I'd rather it had. I'd rather it just yeah. got there just before Miles Lieburn uh, and his yeah, goal, yeah. really, but never mind. That's becoming quite a depressing thread through the season. You keep wishing the, the coach taking you to the game breaks down, but there we go. <laughs> uh, also joining us today, we've got a newbie uh, on the pod, another man who saw the game uh, yesterday, Mr. Joe Puddyfoot. How you doing, Joe? Yeah, very good, Louis. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, a good fun, good fun day out yesterday, wasn't it? 
Yeah, certainly was. Well, I, I, I'd suggest the second half made it worthwhile, but certainly at half time, I was ready to throw myself into the field. Um, it was, uh, is that what they call the sea up there? I guess so. But it certainly, uh, certainly wasn't impressed with that first period, but we turned it around uh, in the second half. So on this week's show, uh, as I said, we're going to look back at that game. We're going to hear the highlights uh, very shortly. Uh, we are going to hear, of course, from Scott Marshall, the assistant boss who was in the dugout yesterday with uh, Ben Garner uh, missing through COVID. We've got your views uh, as well. Um, I've got fans bar on the train back as well with a chap called Tony who was uh, a listener so he was uh, very pleased to speak to him uh, and uh, yeah we'll uh, we'll read your tweets and emails as well so and before we hear the highlights of the game Tom um, yeah we're a mid-table side so one bad half one good half leave you in the middle draw specialist side as well so drawing with the side that's drawn the most in league one pretty much middle of the road sort of stuff yeah I said it on Thursday that you'd put your money on a draw um, Fleetwood with five already, us with I think four. Um, so it always felt like it was going to go that way. I think by the end of the game, we probably could have won it. Um, but at the end of the first half, I thought we'd be lucky to get out of there with with like a one or two nil defeat. We were that bad. So yeah, very much a, a classic game of two halves. Um, and I'm not going to suggest that that second half is enough to give me confidence that that things are improving but it was certainly a a significantly improved performance from the first half got a goal and as I say with the chances we created in that second half probably could have gone on and won it but uh could equally have been three nil down at half time so uh yeah funny old game really but we'll we'll take the point obviously and move on but um yeah in terms of being anything more than a mid-table team a point isn't really enough in in those sort of games sadly Mm. And, and Joe, I guess that the fact that we can never seem to put performances together for more than 45 minutes at a time is one of the major concerns at the moment because it's no good having that second half you know, and nearly winning it at the end when you've undone it with a poor first half where you've conceded a sloppy goal and, and as Tom said, we could have been further behind. Yeah, it's it's a fr- it's been a frustrating season, hasn't it? And it's a trend that carried on from last year, really. Under Jacko, we were very Jekyll and Hyde, um, sort of 15 minutes good and then, well, sometimes 75 minutes bad. Um, I think the first half isn't so much down to the, the players for me. I, I think that, that, that you know Ben maybe needs to have a little bit of a look at himself in terms of that formation. Um, and I was a bit surprised we waited until half time to make a change on that. Um and as soon as we did make the change, we looked much more sort of comfortable and, and competent and were like a team that had met each other before. Um, so I think the second half, it gives me a bit of confidence, really. Um, but you still know that that first half is in there. You know that we've got that performance where you're just not going to get anything out of them for 45 minutes and, and sort of be wondering, blimey, you know, why are we not two or three down at this juncture? Yeah, certainly. Right, well, let's have a listen uh, to the highlights uh, from yesterday's game on Charlton TV. As always, your commentators were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Looking to take his man on, Rooney. Gets to the byline. Can he get past him? Does so. Into the penalty area. Ball back to Sir Exaki and over the bar from the Charlton striker, as he is this afternoon. And a real first chance for the Addicts. That's superb work from Clayton. It should be a goal, Tell. Just should be a goal, watching it on the... Swung in towards... Musquay gets something on it's a dropping ball Charlton just poke it clear comes off Blackett Taylor back in by Ansari and Siala it's come down shot from Morton block by O'Connell who certainly felt the effects of that and Charlton cleared away forward headed away by Lavelle Clayton risky ball inside and Fleetwood will pick it back up Musquay 
Out to his right, McCadden with the cross, looks towards Batty, Morton is there! And Fleetwood take the lead. Counter-attack after Chong give away the ball. McAdams cross, it's a dangerous one. Batty tried to get something on it, couldn't. Callum Morton at the far post gives the host the lead after 29 minutes. They all come from that. Ball inside from Clayton. Hopelessly too strong and behind Dobson who couldn't do anything with it. Relatively simple tapping. Towards Morton, can he keep it in? He has done so. He's got Andrew behind him. Andrew with the cross. Come Holds it up, looks to turn and shoot, and does, but it's over the bar. But did well to get the shot away because it was John Bodies there. Another warning sign for the Addicts. Yeah, at least on that occasion, I mean, the defence did their job, they held him up, forced him away. And it was a good turn and strike, so give so him credit. intercepts and clears it away. And there is the half-time whistle at half-time here at the Highbury Stadium. It's Fleetwood 1, Charlton O'Neill. It's been a difficult first 45 minutes for Ben Garner's side. Egbo to his right, Egbo down the line to Raksaki. Cuts inside, Andrew goes on a run. Nice ball inside to Payne. Payne out to the left to Blackett-Taylor. Charlton looking to start the second half strongly. Blackett-Taylor inside the pounds area. Back out to his left, it goes for... Oh, off the bar! Almost a lovely finish in the end for Blackie Taylor. Well worked from Cholm. Sucky and then Payne over to Blackie Taylor. I don't know if you've seen his left foot. Replay off the bar. Did, did the keeper touch that? Yeah, quite possibly. There under pressure. Fraser does superbly well to find Stockley. Stockley outright is Raksaki. Tries to work some space on his left foot. It's good pressure. Comes back to Egbo. Onto his right foot with the cross towards the far post. Oh, he's at the post. And then Payne flying in. Couldn't quite get there. Very nearly a bit of a fluke, but very nearly a debut goal for Mandela Ekpo. Finds Raksaki for Chong. Ekpo to his right. Ball finds Ekpo inside the pounds here. Ekpo onto his left foot. Will shoot and oh. is well held by Lynch's good strike from Mandela Ekpo on his left foot. Showing his attacking qualities. Yeah, good football and a good spot from Raksaki. I think in the past you would have expected him to go on his own. But he used Ekpo to his right-hand side and then used Raksaki as a decoy to get the shot away. It's a good shot. I'll give uh, Lynch credit for holding on to that. Decent effort from Egbo. Any sort of deflection. That might well have been a goal. As Fleetwood will look to break. Header from Batty will find Morton. Taken on Lavelle. Edge of the pounds here. Cuts inside Dobson and will shoot and not far wide. John, again, perhaps guilty of allowing Morton into his right foot far too easily. Hold it up. Brings in Fr Fraser out to the right-hand side, looking for the run of Egbo. Raksaki ahead of him. Egbo uses Raksaki on the right-hand side. Up against Vela, goes past him, ball back across. Leap it with a back flick! Oh, what a finish! in the wrong way, just flicked it back and beyond Lynch to get Charlton back on level terms. Well, you have to praise the substitution, immediate impact for Charlton, having an extra body in the box. There's Raksaki in that position where Charlton really wanted him in this game, isolated against a Fleetwood player. This time it was Vela, not a full-back, beats him, and ball back 
to Lieber. An outstanding creativity. The backflip. Chong get the equaliser. to Warrington. Four minutes of added time here. Trying to get on the end of this. Two Fleetwood players around him. But he might run to Raksaki. Raksaki with Dobson in front of him. And he's still in. Raksaki into the penalty area. Can he finish? Saved by the keeper. Chong with a glorious opportunity. Fleetwood deal with that. And then Giant Semi tries to go past Hayes. He's taken out. Charlton with a unbelievable opportunity to maybe claim all three points. You've got to give credit to the, the box. It looks a dangerous one headed up in the air by Mziala. Still in the penalty area. Might drop to Rexaki oh. over the bar with the shot. That's Couldn't get over it. Same point, Tell. <laughs> snatched, snatched it a little. Wouldn't drop quick enough for him. Rexaki's chasing after this. Rexaki in the box on his left end. Takes a tumble, but he slips, I think. There wasn't a foul there. But there we go. That was the highlights from uh, Charlton TV. Thanks to Greg and to Terry and to Glove Pup for sorting that out uh, for us. Uh, yeah, Je- Jekyll and Hyde. Joe said before before the uh, the highlights there, Tom, and, that, and that's a fair way of putting it. I mean, it, it was interesting that we did try something different, something different, although albeit quite familiar, because it was a three-five-two uh, in in the first half, and I, I can see why. Ben wanted to try that. Now, our problem this season has been we've not defended our penalty area in between the posts, which uh, very well this season. That's a phrase that, that Ben's used himself and Brown is used on, on Charlton TV, in between the posts. And that was where uh, yesterday's goal still came from anyway, despite the fact we went to three centre-halves uh, with, with Sean Clare playing part of that back three where he did so well last year. Uh, and also another problem we've had is Jaden Stockley's been so isolated. So we tried putting Raksaki uh, alongside him and he somehow looked even more isolated. So yeah, I can see why you tried it, Tom, but it, it didn't come off at all. Yeah, and, and I admire the the flexibility and the, the willingness to give it a go. It It looked like on Tuesday night we'd given that two up front a go towards the end of the game with Raksaki playing certainly more down the middle. And I was really disappointed in that because I thought it took away from what he was giving us, which is getting the ball out wide and having the ability to run. So the three-five-two in in principle, I, I like the idea of trying it, but Raksaki's not the man to play more narrow because, as you say, he doesn't offer what we need in that middle. Um, and obviously we'll come on to talk about what we did in the second half and the, the impact that that made. And, and Joe's mentioned that already. But yeah, I was glad they tried it, but... Yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't quite there. And I think there were two big differences in the second half. One was, again, the change in formation. And two was having a, a natural right back at right back, who obviously, I think that was his first or his debut in terms of uh, league football for us. And, and I thought Egbo was, was brilliant in that second half. So, yeah, it was just, um, I think the formation change was nice to see. Nice that they gave it a go. But for me, the, the problem in that first half was just the, the lethargy across the team. The, the fact that, Again, second balls were always being won by Fleetwood players and there just seemed, and it was the same with Forest Green on Tuesday night, that there was just more space all over the pitch for them than us. And, and it just seemed like football was the hardest sport in the world for us to play. And and that's the, the concerning thing for me because they've shown in that second half and they've shown at other periods already this season that they're good, talented footballers, you know, um, and they've got, they've got good performances in them, but they're just not showing it for 90 minutes and that... That first half, they looked like they didn't know what they were doing. They were there was no communication. They were making silly, sloppy mistakes at the back, um, uh, and obviously they got a 
a bit of a grilling from the fans at the the half time whistle. I assume they had a bit of a grilling from from either Marshall or Garner in the in the change room and, and were transformed second half. So um yeah, interesting to see what he does with formation over the next few weeks now with players like Egbo coming back and and uh seeing whether we can maybe change things up to try and get that that win that we're kind of craving at the moment. Mm, I mean does it show a little bit, Joe, I guess the uh, the square pegs round holes scenario we're in that, you know, it's Clayden who again has been asked to play uh, left back and, and, and he was the one hooked at half time. Some suggested perhaps unluckily, but it, it, we, we are still playing posi- players out of position when we switch formations and we try something different. So does, does it again, as will be, I think another thread that goes through this season show that we, we, we're quite short as a squad. And when we try to do things differently, we haven't necessarily always got the right personnel to do it. I think square peg round hole is kind of a perfect summary of it. Um, and I would say that the biggest square peg that we've got at the minute is Stockley, because I'm not sure he necessarily works in the in the formation that that we're playing. Um, he strikes me more as a player if you're getting lots of balls into the box and playing more for set pieces, then his sort of aerial ability will come sort of a little bit more to the fore. Um, so I think yesterday we to sort of solve that, we put Raksaki into the, you know a, a position that we're not going to get the best out of him. The same with Clayden and Blackett-Taylor, um, who seemed pretty much all at sea for the first half in terms of not knowing whether to attack or get back and sort of largely did neither um, from from my angle. Um, and then the midfield ended up getting much more spread out as well. So uh, I think that ultimately changing the formation up is is, is a, a good thing to see. Um, I, was, I was very critical of Jacko last season for, for his one formation mantra but but if you are going to go to two up front I would argue you've probably got to go how we ended the game with Lieburn alongside Stockley or playing playing just off um, and finding a way to do that with keeping the wide men as the attacking threat that they are um, and that I think will, that will just look so much more cohesive as a team um, for us and it'd be it'd be nice to see us you know, be able to switch formations and put some fluidity in there. But I think that the the transition in football has been a nice thing over the summer. Um, it's going to take all those players a long time to bed in to being able to do that kind of football in different positions because um, it is different patterns of play. It is different sort of reliance you've got on people around you. And, and probably if we're going to play through at the back, we need to go and get two proper wing-backs who are wing-backs by trade. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching the goal there. Uh, the back, the one, the one we conceded, and you can see Clayden's too far up the pitch, so they've been able to come down the right hand side, Tom, and then the ball in. I mean, we, we allow crosses into our area too easily, I think, this season. Uh, and and uh, Claire just just found himself the wrong side of Morton. He did well; he's got some good movement from the striker, but you know, it's a vulnerability that that we've had this season. Crosses and and, and it reared its head, head again there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as you say, and we can probably count. Every single game, there's been that sort of crossfield ball over one of the fullbacks. Uh, as you say, I thought it was a a little bit harsh on Clayden, not because I thought he had a good game, but obviously he's, as you say, being asked to play out of position and he's a youngster and I know obviously he struggled at Bolton a little bit as well and then got dropped for the Forest Green game. So I, I feel a bit a bit harsh on him because I don't think he gets huge protection from in front of him. But I mean, they came forward down both sides four, five, six times in that first half. Uh, and they were getting to the byline and, and cutting the ball back along the floor to to strikers who, as you say, were moving nicely in the box. And you compare that to 
to our particularly Forest Green on, on Tuesday, the amount of crosses we put in that were kind of high and hopeful and just very easy to defend, they were making their crosses count. They were getting nice, difficult balls in and and we weren't really sure what to do. And uh, as I say, Wollacott looked a little bit uh, shaky again in a couple of moments. Claire looked all over the place in that first half, I thought. Um, there were mistakes in Lavelle and O'Connell as well. And I was looking at our goals scored and conceded. And obviously, goals scored is a little bit warped at the moment because of that against Plymouth. Um, but we're, we're kind of up there for goals scored. But goals conceded, given where we are in the league, is is where the problem is. Um, we're just conceding way too many cheap goals at the moment. And and that was another one that, that was easily avoidable. And as I say, we were lucky not to, to concede a couple more. So... Yeah, the back three, back four, back five, whatever it's going to be, that's where Garner needs to work on the training ground, I think, because as Joe says, I quite like that two up front if he can find a way to get Lieburn and Stockley alongside each other, because I agree with him. I, I don't think Stockley's working as a one, um, but the goals are coming from throughout the team. Obviously not in huge numbers, but they are coming. So if we can find a way to be a little bit more solid at the back, and that might just take some gelling because there's some new players in there, then I think we uh, we do stand a chance of moving up the table. But uh, yeah, just another, I think when they reflect on it in training tomorrow, another very poor goal to concede. Mm, yeah, I think it's uh, it's only one clean sheet this season, that being the Derby game where we absolutely should have conceded at least five. Um, but I think, it's, yeah, I think it is also only one game where we haven't scored, Sheffield Wednesday. I'm sure you correct me if I'm wrong there, but... Uh, yeah, it's 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 a conundrum that needs solving. Uh, on on the Charles Claydon thing, we we did see when he was up the pitch that chance he set up for Raksaki that he should have scored in the first half. That that's Claydon in his natural habitat and showing what he can do, and and he did very well in that in that instance. Now, so we did see that that formation switch at half time, Joe, and it is, it is ironic, isn't it, that. You know, some, it hasn't been working recently, so we changed formation and then switching back to the formation we had been playing. All of a sudden, it did work, but it, it was it was a massive improvement after the break and uh, a, a debut for Manny Egbo. I was so excited when when he turned up yesterday uh, that uh, I saw him walking off after you know, the lads come out and have a little wander around the pitch when they first get there. I was so excited to see him that I forgot he could probably hear me. He was five yards away from me, and I just went to tell him, "Oh, it's Igbo, Igbo!" And he went, "All right, mate." I was like, "Oh yeah, you're you're a real person who can hear me, can't you?" But yeah, he was uh, very very impressive in that second half. He was um, probably buoyed on by your sort of uh, fangirl moment at the start. He thought he could <laughs> probably do no wrong, um, but. It might just be me, but there's nothing about him that looks like a right back to me. He, he his sort of swagger and style makes you think he should really be playing sort of attacking mid. You know, maybe a um, sort of in an Anike sort of mould. You know, the socks are rolled down, but he's got that that little bit of style, and he looks like he's got a bit of class about him. Uh, and he looked much more assured, I felt, defensively than than even Claire has done this season. Um, you know, when there was two on ones generally he didn't seem to be overawed by that and was quite sort of comfortable in himself um the pass through for Raksaki um as well as uh, that that deserves a, a real sort of special mention really because he waited that perfectly um and he's not been he's not played any football has he for a couple of months so um you would expect him to be a little bit rusty um which I expect probably is, explains the um cross almost goal that he he managed to fluke out of somewhere uh, but I think that he will add some real sort of solidity at the back there on the right and also um, a little bit of a attacking flair as well mm, yeah um, I think you're bang right there about about he feels like a, you could say almost like a winger playing out of position but I guess that is the sort of player that Ben Garner wants in, in his fullbacks Joe 
Yeah, it it is. And, and interestingly, when I said earlier, we could do it going and getting some, some wing backs. Maybe he is someone that could play right wing back. And, and maybe Claire as well would be a little bit more suited there to, than at centre back. Um, but that doesn't solve the problem really on the, on the left. Um, and I do think you lose the sort of attacking impetus of the wide players if we, if we move to that formation. But I, I'm very excited about him. I, I think he's probably is a little bit better than league one level just because of his history. Um, I think he's sort of fallen away a little bit. Uh, so maybe that's overegging it from 45 minutes, but I think that um, he's got enough pedigree there that he could be a real player at this level. Yeah, certainly looking forward to seeing a bit more uh, of Manny Egbo. So uh, that, that second half, I mean, we, we mentioned Blackett Taylor didn't have the best first half. I think uh, summed up really with that short corner he tried to take. It was so obvious he was trying to take a short corner. Uh, that the defender was able to come and cut, come across and and cut it out quite. I think I had time to run out of the stand and cut it out. He'd so telegraphed it that he was trying to do that. But um, be- better in the second half, and he he came close with that that mazy run and and hitting the crossbar. It's, it, it feels harsh to say it when you come that close, Tom, but he is still just lacking that end product a little bit. Yeah, and you know that that first half still happened, right? So that end product wasn't there in that first half. It wasn't there on Tuesday night either. Um, and yes, he hit the bar and he's going to be slightly disappointed with that. And it's very easy to look at that and say, well, that's a good effort. And it was, but, you know, we were right behind that goal. He was pretty close. Um, you'd expect him to, at, at the very least, work the keeper. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a frustrating player. And I think Nace compared him to someone like Lloyd Sam in the past. And you you get that vibe from him. You know, he does does all so much right and then just at the end it falls away and there are a couple of times again in that second half where he'd beat his man down to the byline and just let the ball run out of play and not quite get there and just little things like that if they click that's three or four more chances a game that we're probably creating so look he's dangerous he's unpredictable he obviously got his goal on Tuesday with cutting in which was good almost scored again yesterday so I think he is a threat um, and certainly I, I think he's a uh, He's earned his starting place, particularly with with Garner's comments about about Kirk at the moment and Jai Simi not pulling up any trees. So, yeah, I think uh, there's definitely space for him in there. I think, as kind of we've all said, it depends what we're going to do with formation over the next couple of weeks, whether there is going to be any sort of dramatic change or whether we are going to largely stick to what we've been doing. Um, But if we are playing that three up top, then I, I think he's there and he's dangerous. He just... Maybe a composure in the final third. Maybe it's that. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was it was a good chance. And I think it set the rhythm because it was quite early on in that second half. And it then set the tone and got the fans back on side quite quickly, which I think was important. Because as I say, it, it was not toxic, but it was not very nice in that, in that way and at, at half time. So uh, I think it just got fans back on side, showed that they were actually caring uh, and, and putting effort in. And uh, kind of set the set the tone and the momentum for that second half for us to then kick on and create more. Yeah, and we have to talk, of course, about that that wonderful finish from Miles Lieber and Jay. It was, it was great work, as you said, from Egbo fed it to to Raksaki, and the ball in was just behind him. It was a, a delicate little uh, a little flick, um, and uh, it's, it's great that um, I think it was uh, it was Nosri found that video of uh, of his dad scoring a very similar goal. Uh, for the addicts, about thirty years ago, against uh, or, uh, one of those home games at West Ham, so that was uh, that was very pleasing. He's funny, isn't he, um, Miles? Like similar to Mason last year, in that he's come in and scored a few goals. I think at times overall, I think he's struggled to impose himself on games. But I mean, you posed it earlier. Would he 
would he be a good foil for Stockley if they are playing two up top? I, I could see that working rather than, you know, he's, he's played out wide in some cases on the 4-3-3 or if he's played the central role, which as, as we've seen is quite an isolated role at the moment, doesn't necessarily always happen for him. So I wonder if he will fit into his overall gameplay as well as the goal scoring a bit better if, if we were to play a two up top, Joe. I'm not necessarily sure that we need to go to a two up top to get the best out of Lieber. And I think that um, on Tuesday night, it was quite evident that he was just standing pretty much on either a centre-back or in between the two centre-backs for quite a lot of the game. And, you know, he's he's a big enough unit, but he's not an experienced unit. And so he hasn't got that sort of game now that Lyle Taylor has, where if you knock it up to him, he can sort of bring it under his spell in the same way and sort of mug the defenders off and get the fouls in, in the way that, that he would. So I think if he was maybe dropping off a little bit more and playing with a little bit more fluidity, as we've actually seen Stockley try to do this season, I think that Lieburn's got more about him. The, the through ball for, was it Jayasimi in the, in the cup um, is an example where he can sort of drop off and, and feed the balls through for the wingers. Um, so I think he just maybe needs to, be dropping into a slightly deeper position to get a little bit more time, a little bit more space and, and sort of use then his ability on the ball as well as his physical attributes to, to get the goals. And yesterday he was playing in a slightly more withdrawn role. Um, and, and I think we got a lot more out of him in that 20 minutes than we did in the 90 minutes earlier in the week. So um, it, I'd be keen for, for to see that kind of evolution uh, a little bit more necessary than playing him up front with, Stockley because I think that we would maybe lose a little bit of the free-flowing football in terms of having the numbers in midfield that, that we're trying to get to um, and, and and so if you can sort of unleash Leeburn without sort of changing everything around him I think that would probably be the slightly better solution in, in, in my eyes. Mm, lovely stuff right well uh, I was I enjoyed his celebration actually as well I was really understated uh, just running back to halfway line knowing there, there was still a job to be done I got in trouble yesterday with Paul Mortimer on uh, on Radio London uh, when I said that, uh, that Miles seems to enjoy scoring goals a bit more than his dad did <laughs> he, he, told, he told me to behave uh, but right um, I mean, should, should have nicked it really Raksaki had two or three good chances in added time uh, I think a draw was a fair result 45 minutes each but um yeah, that, that would have been a nice way to finish it off. And I, I think, actually, he'll be a bit frustrated with himself, particularly with the first one where he, he went through one-on-one, Tom. Well, I was annoyed because I had Raksaki to score and Charlton to win. So, um, yeah, I was I was furious at him. But uh, it was good goalkeeping, to be fair. Again, we were standing right behind the goal. He, seeing him sort of bear down on goal, you thought, well, he's definitely going to put that away. But then, actually, when we were looking at it as he was shaping to shoot, it was like, well, there isn't a lot of space either side of that goalkeeper. So... Whether he could have moved slightly to the side and made a better angle, I don't know. But it was good goalkeeping from Lynch. So, But having said all that, as you say, I think they're the sort of chances you, you really want to take. And I'm not going to try and criticise Raksaki because I think he's been brilliant since he's come in. Um, but that sort of miss is probably something he's learned at his last club rather than at Chelsea, sadly. But um, yeah, it was... Uh, kind of, as I said in my intro, really, I think a, a draw was a fair result. But based on that second half performance, you know, we probably could have scored two or three. Um, you know, if, if Corey's ball goes just under the bar, if Egbo's sort of cross sort of sneaked in or, or that one on one or even the chance at the end. Suddenly we're leaving there with a 3-1 win and, and thinking it was kind of all very plain sailing. So, uh, yeah, disappointing, but very much in keeping with 
how this season has gone. You know, another draw, another point on the board. It's not a, it's not a loss. That's obviously the positive. But at this stage, when we're trying to get ourselves anywhere near sort of top to middle of the table, a draw isn't really enough. So, uh, yeah, frustrating for all of us that are, that are travelled up there. But I think over overall, I was kind of encouraged by that second half performance. And it would have been lovely to cap it off with a win. But I think that would have been harsh on Fleetwood. Yeah, certainly. Right, excellent stuff. Right, well, let's have a listen then to uh, the force of the assistant boss, uh, Scott Marshall. Uh, ben Garner was at home uh, with COVID yesterday. He was, uh, he was uh, in contact with the dugout throughout, though, and Scott uh, explains uh, how that worked. Uh, but first of all, I asked Scott uh, how pleased he was with the reaction uh, they got from their side after halftime. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a pleasing second half. Um, I, I think everybody will agree with that. You know, um, we, we created some good chances, scored a, a very good goal, um, uh, hit the bar and, and the post. Uh, how it comes off, stays out after the rebound as well. Um, but it was a pleasing response uh, after a, of a, a wobbly first half, shall we say. Yeah, what would you think was the, the catalyst for that first half today? It wasn't the, you, you use yourselves? Yeah, I, th- I think um, it, 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 certainly the, 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 I know you can't probably see it or feel it as much now, but there was a bit of a wind running down the, the, the pitch which made it difficult to get into a bit of a rhythm and we're a little bit tentative in terms of getting on the ball and controlling the game uh, with the football. Plus they, they were putting us under a lot of pressure. They, um, they have a number of players in the middle of the pitch uh, with the wide players coming inside um, and, and they, they, they hunt in a pack if you like and, and, and put you under quite a lot of pressure stop you stop you getting into, into any rhythm in the game um, and they do that really well um, I think they, they, their goal is probably typical of how they, they play put you under a bit of pressure uh, nick it off you uh, and you know have two passes and then there's a cross going across your box or, or an effort on the goal um, so uh, we, we, we talked a lot about that um, we probably didn't get as much control as we thought we would uh, with the shape that we were playing in the first half um, but then again it's really pleasing to get a response like we did in the second half and uh, Ben's passed on some instructions as well at half time and uh, we've made a couple of changes in terms of the shape um, Manny Edbo coming on and having a, a positive response um, I, I think that they're all positives that we'll, we'll, we'll think about and, and hold in our, our minds, if you like. Um, but at the same time, we want 90 minutes of quality so that we can come to places and get three points. Yeah. Another positive, of course, is that you're able to throw on a super sub like Miles Lieber, and he's, he came out of nowhere in the summer, really, but he's, um, he's proved he's worth coming off the bench today. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's, it's a great goal. It's a fantastic bit of skill. Um, because it's a little bit behind him, you know, and he, he, he does fantastic to to get his foot round it and get it on target. It seemed to take ages to go across the line eventually, but uh, it was uh, yeah, a fantastic moment, and uh, Miles has got some good goals already. Let's hope it continues. You mentioned the formation change today. I guess that's a, obviously a decision you and Ben would have made. So what was the thinking and what, what were you hoping it was going to achieve? Yeah, I, ju- I just think it was a little bit more familiar probably um, to, to what we've done in the last um, the last few weeks. Um, and, and and the way the, the game was running, um, I, th- I think it, it, it suited uh, who was around, and it wasn't a huge difference, you know. Certainly, it was I think Manny coming in and, and um, making some overlapping runs down that side, and it gets Jez in a nice position inside a little bit where he can go and create. Um, 
and he, he, he could have got a goal at the end as well Jez you know had a couple of chances he's bobbling around in the box he's made a couple of runs in behind um, and uh, it was pleasing to get him in those sort of situations and, and we'll back him to take some chances like that and obviously the formation change came about because you did try something slightly different in the first half and I guess that didn't quite come off the way that you hoped yeah but at the same time as I said they put you under a bit of pressure and we knew we needed some numbers uh, around in that middle area of the pitch and and you know there might be a case where we're saying right okay that first half against the, the elements a little bit they've got you pinned in um, we've alright we've got we're not happy about it the way it was and we think we could have done better in certain aspects of it um, but certainly we came in and, uh, at 1-0 uh, with a huge amount of efforts on goal although we've not played uh, from them um, although we've not played particularly well um, so it, it was pleasing to then get some efforts at, uh, um, in and around their goal uh, in the second half and I thought um, there was some nice football in there as well in terms of you know Scott and Dobbo in the middle of the pitch uh, linking things up and, and finding some spaces so there, there were some good bits in there and I'm sure the supporters will go back down the road happy seeing that in the second half So how did it work with, with Ben today? Did you have contact with him in the dugout throughout the game and then you said he, he had some words at half time as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah we've been in uh, constant uh, constant uh, Dialogue, you know, and uh, Ben's and watching the game, and, and and giving us updates in terms of tactical things that, that that he can see from his viewpoint, which is which is a great help. You know, did he have to throw a virtual teacup at half time? <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. And he asked him, could be all smashed in the cupboard now. Yeah? <laughs> no, he's um, yeah, it was. Um, you know, it's not too harsh words at halftime, but the, the done in the right way, and, and uh, it was a positive response. You know, we want the guys to go out and perform, and uh, they need encouragement to do that, so they, they've done well. Yeah, obviously, you, you mentioned Manny coming on. Obviously, you guys know him well from last season, but most Trump fans won't have seen him other than his brief spell in pre-season, and yeah, an impressive debut. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think it was uh, Manny came in in great shape when uh, at pre-season. He was really unfortunate to get that knock um, uh, that early, um, and, and he's come back. He, he's a fit, strong guy, and he's very committed and focused. And um, it's great to have him back in the group. He'll be a, he'll be a good personality in the group as well. Um, he's had some great experience in the game, and uh, he's keen to do very well. So uh, I'm looking forward to the, the him getting up to full speed um, over the next few weeks and we've got to look after him and work him hard and then uh, yeah keep that progression and hopefully with players like him coming back there, there will be a chance to arrest I guess now five games without a win and for the, the good spells you've had I guess they'll be playing at the back of your and Ben's mind uh, not, not really I mean, we're, we're, we'll keep focusing on the performance and doing the right things um, you know, confidence can get up and down on, on results, but in my eyes, you work every day and you try and improve, um, and, and results will take care of themselves. Um, we, we want a few more uh, performances and points on the board, um, as everybody does. It's a competitive world football, though, and the opposition are always trying to stop you doing that, so you've got to make sure you're at it. Nobody's going to give you anything. You have to go out and earn it, and... Uh, We'll be doing that in the next next few games. Yeah, you certainly don't get any easier with, with Barnsley coming up next week. No, it's a, it's a competitive game. It's um, you know it's a competitive league. Uh, no, nobody's going to give you anything in this league. And, uh, in fact, at any level of professional football, um, so you, you, you've got to be ready. And, and uh, 
yeah, I think, I think it was it was positive to f- the second 45 minutes today. Uh, so we'll roll on with that. We'll have a good week's work. Looking forward to a couple of good training weeks, uh, Saturday, Saturday games, um, and, and uh, pushing the lads on. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday. Uh, it's Louis Mendez, uh, Tom Wallin and uh, Joe Puddyfoot uh, looking back at yesterday's uh, game uh, with Fleetwood Town. A one or draw we just heard there before the break from, from Scott Marshall. Um, it's always uh, an interesting... Yeah, I thought, I thought he, was, he gave us a bit more than I was expecting actually yesterday. Scott, it was an interesting, an interesting uh, interview. It must, it must have been weird for him uh, to have Garner... Not there, but at the same time, we did say it gave him a slightly different viewpoint. When you're watching on the TV, I guess you get your replays and you get your camera angle that's a bit better, perhaps, than, than in the dugout. So uh, I guess they, they managed to make that work well, and I assume Garner will be back by the time uh, we make the trip up to Barnsley uh, next week. I mean, before we dive into the, the tweets and the emails, we'll see it's, it's been a big discussion point uh, this week, Joe. And I thought because we've got a new voice on the pod, it, it'd just be interesting to see... Where where you feel we are as a club, what direction we're heading in. Um, you know, we had a long chat about this on Thursday in terms of the ticket prices and the messages from Leo Rifkin that, that Thomas Sangard has since apologised for uh, at the fans forum. But there was still, uh, you know, a lot of talk about the breaking even. Um, Thomas has now come out and said that our, our budget is a top four budget after all that to and fro in, in pre-season where... Uh, you know, it sounded like it was a top three budget, and then Ben Garner said it's nowhere near a top three budget. Well, it's been downgraded to a top four budget now. Um, how are you feeling about the state of the club, the direction we're heading in, Joe? A little bit conflicted um, because you know, I mean, next season, next season will be my thirtieth season, uh, consecutive season as a season ticket holder. So um, it's you have that sort of loyalty, I think, that that transcends ownership and and even staff really um at the club and for the club to sort of put themselves I think at odds with the fan base seems like a a strange decision I think that there's maybe a lack of Charlton 
um, in that upper hierarchy. Uh, and we, we've been blessed over the years, you know, even, even in the Murray, um, era, which I know ne- didn't necessarily end in the, in the happiest way. Um, for a long time, the, the directorship was, was Cholton people through and through. And, and there's been a lot of Cholton people within the club. Um, and sadly this season, there seems to be a lot fewer of them about. Um, I get break even. I actually understand why you would have that as an ambition. Um, if you don't have a bottomless pit of money, then that's kind of where you've got to get to as a club. But they, the strategy seems to be to not be break even because we're not taking advantage of the commercial opportunities in front of us. If you look at season ticket pricing, it's it's mad. There's there's no strategy at all. You get a different discount for concessions depending on where you sit in the in the ground, you get a different discount on your uh, uh, season ticket versus match day prices, depending on where you sit in the ground. Um, there's easily ways that they could increase footfall, and that would be by just lowering the prices a little bit. And ultimately, if you've got a thousand people paying thirty pounds for a ticket, or you've got 20, uh, two thousand people paying twenty-five pounds for a ticket, I know which one's going to make you more money. And and surely that that commercial acumen exists within the club. But for some reason, it's not being listened to. Um, and and Leo's comments, I think, were interesting in that it it did sort of show that there was a feeling that the fans needed to step up to the plate a little bit more. Um, and then interestingly, in the week, I read somewhere that, that there wasn't anyone from the ownership or directorship at the Bolton away game. Um, and yet there was lots of fans up there sort of advancing our cause and and representing the club in in a very good way so you've got to be on the same side as the fans if you're going to go anywhere and being on the same side of the fans will actually get you points and points mean prize money at the end of the season we all know that Um, so if you really want to break even get more people through get a real cohesion between the fans the hierarchy the players that will get you more points that will make it more attractive for players, better quality players to come and play uh, for us because they want to play in front of full stadiums. They all say that. Um, and then you end up moving in the right direction and accidentally you might break even with that strategy. But you're never ever going to do it if you're if you're pushing your loyal, committed fans away or even putting yourself in opposition to them. Yeah, that's the thing I found strangest about those messages that came out of the club. It, it was almost a them and us uh, and, and like you say, it, it felt very much like the fans were uh, were being blamed for you know <laughs> things that are out of their hands in, in terms of the ticket prices uh, and and the lack of enthusiasm around the place. Unfortunately, due to the fact that I think a lot of people feel that that, that Ghana hasn't uh, particularly been backed uh, with the squad that he's ended up with. Right. Um. Let's have a look at some of the messages then that have come in uh, after yesterday's game. Uh, a few people have tweeted at Charlton Live. Others have sent emails to studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Don't forget you can do that during the week uh, if you want to have your say uh, on any of uh, the shows coming up. Uh, so uh, the uh, first one comes in from Ben. There's another frustrating one uh, yesterday, but a point away from home is always decent. It looked 100 times better uh, when we went uh, to the 4-4-2. would like to see Ben Garner use that in the future. Leeburn uh, and Stockley worked well together. Uh, unlucky not to win it at the end with uh, Raksaki. Uh, we go again next week. Uh, Darren Foster says, chances created uh, but not taken uh, as usual. Let's go to 4-4-2. Stockley so much better uh, with support uh, from Lieburn. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Chris says uh, questions have to be asked defensively and of Jojo with us conceding from another cross, which seems to be a blueprint for teams. We're too predictable going forward. Uh, there being too often a huge gap in the middle, forcing a long balls uh, or to play it out wide. Andrew says, any idea where why Aaron Henry doesn't even make the bench? You have to wonder. He was, he was up there yesterday, Tom. He was one of the spare men uh, along with Dickie Jin. Uh, and would you like to see Aaron involved more? He's obviously done well in the cup so far. I think he deserves a chance. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm wary of pushing him in too early, given what we've said about uh, many, many players over the years, but obviously Lee Byrne being the example this season. But I think the Cups are a, a perfect opportunity for him to prove himself. I think if we get into a real slump losing games and need to change something up, then I think he probably deserves a chance. Maybe deserves a chance off the bench, like like's just been suggested there. But... Um, yeah, I think at the moment that maybe in his position, maybe more competition for places. I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe more seniority around. But uh, as you say, he's he's impressed in the cup, so maybe worth a shot at some point. But wary of giving him too much exposure too early, and maybe the Papa Johns and the League Cup, whilst we're making progress, are are better places for him to to go for now. Um, and then maybe just just ease him in a bit more gently. I'm not sure. But maybe the Garner's thinking, but. He's certainly proven himself so far in the games he has played. Excellent. Right. Um, Steve says uh, 4-4-2 gets you out of League One, uh, not 4-2-3-1. Uh, so, yes, plenty of chat about formations today. Noddy said, how did Morton get to the ball before Sean Clare to score Fleetwood's goal? Was Clare admiring his opponent's legs? Clare was at fault uh, in midweek, ambling across, uh, allowing the winger plenty of time to get the cross in for Forrest Green's goal. A defensive liability. Well, what do you make of that, Joe? I actually think that Claire might have actually been carrying an injury for for a little bit. There was that there was a tackle earlier on in the season where he went down and he he looked a little bit laboured. Um, but we haven't had any. Well, we've had no other fullback, so there's not really been any choice but to to carry carry on with that. On, on Tuesday, he was definitely too too narrow, but I think he was covering for the midfield. And it's just about understanding those those responsibilities a little bit better. Um, but you know, yesterday. Yeah, he should have. He should have stopped. He should have stopped that. That uh, he should have stopped Morton from getting across. But we should have dealt with the whole situation better. And quite often, the goals that we concede because we're scrambling because of a mistake made earlier, and lots of people dragged out of position. And Dobson fell asleep just as much as Claire did because uh, the player beat Dobson to the uh, into the box to start with. Lovely stuff. Right, next one comes in from Rod Bear. Been saying it for years. Keep it simple. Go 4-4-2. Two. two up top is the way to go. We look much better when we change formation than we could have won. Uh, hopefully Ben Garner will have noticed watching on the stream. What a goal uh, from young Lee Byrne. A fed up at the moment, though. Just feels like the same uh, every season. Stuart says we need to turn draws into wins. Start with a formation that suits our players. Not wait uh, until half time when we take a lead. Uh, when uh, we were on top to go and try and get the second goal. Uh, Matt said, dreadful first half, marginally better second. Uh, but let's be honest, we're a mid-table team. If we cannot beat the recent opposition, uh, we have played uh, whatever the formation we try. And then Alan says, uh, was okay with the system change if we get Jaden into the game a bit more, but not if it means uh, to hit hit it long to him again. Much better when we went to 4-3-3, uh, even more so when Miles came on and went 4-4-2. Another mistake cost us a goal. Uh, doesn't matter who a manager is, we keep giving goals away. I think as a team, uh, we will see a lot of draws uh, as we have already this season as we don't have enough quality to turn draws into wins. But we won't get beat every week, uh, which is what you'd expect uh, from a project, a break-even 
uh, team uh, where we'll end up getting uh, mid-table again. Happy for Miles, though. Let's just enjoy him uh, while we can. And that's from Alan. Right, uh, fans bar time. I spoke to uh, Tony uh, as we were wrestling our way back through the train system to get back down south through, uh, after cancelled trains yet again uh, up north yesterday. Asking for his views uh, on the game yesterday and uh, the direction the club is heading in as a whole. First half was diabolical, to be fair. Um, I thought we were overrun. I'm not sure about the second half, but we played better. I don't know if Fleetwood backed off, to be honest, a little bit, wasn't it? But I thought Scott Fraser played well. The change came with um, Miles Lieburn again coming on, didn't he? What was this? What was? How many did he scored now? Three. Three. Yeah, mental. Yeah. I don't. The, the actual thing I thought was I actually like Stockley, but he just needs someone up there with him. In all fairness, to me, and it's just like. Get someone up here with him. Brexaki was not at his best today. But you can't rely on a 17-year-old from... I know you don't like Sam Pally. Oh, I'm say the ex-Chelsea trainee. Yeah, can't rely on him all season, to be fair. Yeah. Like, they made a tactical switch at half-time, didn't they? And they needed to, because as you said, that first half was pretty awful. That was awful, <laughs> yeah. I actually... The worst thing about it for me is, is like, I actually think they've, they've, they're not brave enough again. Gar- ben Garner saying he wants to play his football and then all of a sudden he's saying they're, not, they're scared to play it. You know, you had um, Joe Joe kicking the ball out. If you want to play that system or don't play the system, just do something, just commit to something, be brave and play it. But don't just like... Just seems they've gone back to I don't know Nigel Atkins in all fairness. <laughs> uh, what did you make of Manny Egbo coming on for his debut today? He played well, to be fair. We said that. Never seen him before. Played really well, I thought. But you thought that, didn't you? To be fair, we said that. I actually had to say he was the number eighteen. James seen him play. Who is the number eighteen? But he played well, I thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, overall, obviously, just away from the game today, there's been a. <laughs> It's been a busy week on, on uh, Colton's social media with the, the comments by the, the non-exec director. I mean, how are you feeling about the ownership of the club and how the transfer windows have gone and where we're, we're heading, what sort of direction we're heading in? League two. I'm serious. No, in honesty, I actually, from where we were with um, uh, Roland, Rat and stuff like that, and we had, you know, Matt Southall. I think we were just saying it. If, if St. God had come in and said... We're just going to stabilise the club, and that's where we're going. But coming in, promising stuff, and everyone goes a bit. But I actually feel like now he's actually chancing his arm, he's thrown all this money into development, and actually we're thinking I'm actually starting to think he's a bit of a chancer as well. He, I think he's thrown all 20 million into the training ground for what? Don't even own it. He actually seems to me like he wants to just make. You know, obviously, they want to make money, but he's just like you know, let's get the money in there with the young people get them sold and make money for myself and I actually think he's I was wavering Matt Southall I never took to him saying God I did at the beginning and now I'm thinking no he's the same to be fair there we go thanks to Tony for stopping to have a chat with me Uh, on the train back yesterday I hope you got back uh, I think he's Sussex, he said he lived. I hope you got back in, in decent time. Uh, in the end, I got back at about 11 o'clock last night, which is, weren't too bad, considering after Bolton I got home at 1 o'clock in the morning. So, um, yeah, it could have been worse. But, yeah, still another cancelled train. Every time we go up north this season, literally every time there's been a cancelled train, it's just uh, starting to cause a bit of problems there. Right, uh, 
Doogie says, uh, hi all, uh, keep up the good work, cheers mate. He says, uh, was at the game uh, yesterday and another frustrating performance. Uh, we looked clueless in the first half, uh, caught out of possession defensively on many occasions. Second half uh, was better, but still not fluent enough. We wasted several good chances. Lieburn uh, made a difference and Egbo looked like a step up at right back. I look at our team though, and I don't see a leader anywhere, someone who will motivate the team, etc. Hopefully better at Barnsley next week. I mean, obviously Stockley's the captain. Is that is that a question mark for you? Tom, are you happy with his leadership skills? Uh, I think there's two answers. I'm happy with his leadership skills, but I don't think he should be captain. I think uh, I don't like a captain being up front. I think he naturally is a decent leader at times anyway. I think George Dobson, for me, is is natural in terms of a leader. Maybe doesn't need the captaincy. Or one of the centre-backs, maybe. Um, but I know they've been kind of chopping and changing. So... Yeah, it was interesting yesterday. There was a moment, I can't exactly remember when it was, where Dobson really kind of grabbed everyone and was like, come on, we need to sort this out. And as I say, for him, he kind of does his leading in terms of his playing as well. But um, yeah, I think we questioned Stockley as captain at the start. I feel he's getting a bit of a batter in this season and obviously his goal record hasn't been good, but I don't think he's as bad as maybe a lot of us are making out or maybe it comes across in, in kind of how we're discussing him. I think he's a good player, but... Yeah, I'm not sure captaincy really suits a forward um, and perhaps I would like it somewhere else, but I don't know. I don't know how important that is to the players themselves. And as I say, if you've got someone like a, a George Dobson in the middle or someone like O'Connell, who's quite vocal at the back, then I think that can can carry um, with or without the captain's armband. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, Ben says, uh, Tuesday night was the first game I'd been to in a while and it will remain my last game for a while with the following reasons. Ticket prices are completely out of sync uh, with the standard of football uh, that is being presented. Uh, and why should I spend my money and put it into the club when I get nothing back? The football is poor, the quality of the squad is poor and the chairman isn't investing the money uh, to improve the squad. You can give Sangard a bit of credit uh, for taking us over when he did and potentially saving the football club. However, uh, we've gone backwards since he has taken over. His comments about being a football owner uh, is easy and we're going to walk the league uh, has made him look stupid I honestly felt happier uh, as a Charlton fan with Roland in charge I don't think Sangard has our club uh, in his best interest and we're going nowhere with him owning the club uh, thanks again for saving us to a degree uh, but I think it's time for a new owner to come in uh, that actually wants to turn this club around Andrew Barkley uh, anyone that's from uh, Ben and then finally uh, Dom says that nothing else to say here other than did I just witness a Charlton player passing the ball to a Charlton striker so he might have a chance of scoring Rejoice. yeah it does does feel like it doesn't happen quite as often as we'd liked it to uh, over the course of the season. But there we go. That's your your messages uh, coming in. Thanks for everyone who got involved uh, with uh, emailing studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, or tweeting us at Charlton Live. I mean, we'll preview the Barnsley game properly in midweek, Joe, but it is now five games without a win. Uh, and as I sort of said, we're, we're, we're very much a mid-table side. So we're going to have these little streaky runs. We'll probably go and win three games in a row in a few weeks' time. Um, but it, it will be a bit of a concern. I asked Scott Marshall actually during the interview if, if they're concerned about it. They're, they're, it didn't sound too concerned. I guess as as the management team, they don't want to start alarm bells ringing, but I'm, I'm sure at the back of their minds that they'll know the longer this run goes on, the harder it can be to turn them around. Yeah, that, that is definitely the case. But uh, I mean, I, I looked at the table yesterday and I think we're still only like three points off the playoffs. I mean... I, Correct me if I'm miles away there. Um, so it feels like, although we feel a little bit like we're not sort of making the most of these opportunities, it's League One and, and no one really is. So you, you can't sort of consign the season off at, at this point. But if you don't get 
a good run of performances and a good run of wins together, then 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 it will start to drift away, and then you've got a long hard slog until next year. I think the 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 good thing is that we're not losing. I think that will help keep heads up um, in the in the change room. Although it's sort of five without a a win, it's not been five consecutive losses. So if we can get a little bit of cohesion going, a little bit of um, a performance that lasts maybe 60, 70 minutes, you, you would hope that the results would follow. Uh, but I just, I'm not sure that with teams like Barnsley, uh, you go into that not really feeling that confident. Personally, I, I don't see much of a result there. Um, and we, all of our, all of our sort of games this season, they tend to be runs of difficult games and runs of easy games. And if we're not taking advantage of the runs of easy games, then it's going to be a long, hard slog through the, the runs of more difficult games because we're not going to have the confidence we need or the swagger that we need to go and, and perform at the level that we need to to get the points. Certainly. Right, well, we've come to the end of uh, this week's Charlton Live. Thanks to those of you who tuned in uh, and got involved uh, with your messages as well. Thanks again to Tony for chatting to me uh, on the train back uh, yesterday. Uh, thanks to Tom and to Joe. Excellent debut. Uh, we'll be hearing from you again, I'm sure. So thanks to the pair of you for joining me on this week's Charlton Live. Cheers, lads. Yeah, thanks very much, Louis. Lovely stuff. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back again on Thursday uh, when we look ahead to the game uh, with Barnsley. We'll see you then. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.